Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. So glad that you're with us today. My name is Aaron. I'm a senior pastor on behalf of my wife, Erica, who is up here with me today and all of our staff and pastors. We're so glad that you're with us uh, for the very first time. Hey, if you are a guest with us, we always invite our guests to come back at least three times. Ever say three times? Three times. And here's why is I know when you go to a new place, you don't always get the best experience on the first experience. Sometimes we're doing something a little different. Like today, we, you know, normally my wife doesn't uh, preach with me on the platform. I'm excited, but we don't normally do that. Um, but you can come back and hopefully we can be your spiritual family. Um, and we that's kind of our goal. We're wrapping up a series today called What Happy Couples Know. And we've been talking about some great things over the last couple of weeks. Week one, we talked about happy couples give a great effort. So, you know, what's great about this relationship series, it's a relationship series, so it's primarily on marriage. But if you're dating, if you're engaged, if you just got married, if you got out of a marriage and you're looking to get married again, all of this information is really, really good for you because you can really start to put some tool, like I try to give you tools to put in your toolbox to actually use one day or maybe use in a, in a future uh, moment. And so that's really what we're talking about. But we talked about week one, um, that relationships are built on great efforts. You got to go back and watch it. It was great. Week two, last week, we talked about the idea of friendship, that great relationships are really built on the idea of friendship and becoming a friend and actually liking the person that you got into a relationship with. This week, we're going to talk about, it's my favorite topic to talk about with all of relationships, and that's fighting. And so we're going to talk about fighting. um, And I thought what would be the most appropriate thing is to bring up the one person that I fight with the most, and that is my wife. And so um, everybody say, hi, Erica. And so she's here, and I'm excited. Babe, I'm so happy you're up here. It's I'm awesome. She's here. she's incredible. Honestly, she's a great leader, um, and she's she's a phenomenal communicator. So I'm excited that she's going to get to teach a little bit with me today. But if you have your Bible, Second Samuel chapter number six is where we're going to be at. Second Samuel chapter number six. Couple of ground rules to the series. I've been doing this kind of every week to let you know. Number one, um, we're 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 not experts in relationship. That's not what this is. This is not like do it like Pastor Aaron and Miss Erica and how we do things and we're mm-hmm. perfect. We got the marriage worked out. We're learning right along with you. So in this relationship series, we're learning with you. So everything that you're learning, like I'm learning. Everything you're trying to figure out how to do, I'm trying to figure out how to do. So we're trying to do that together as a relationship. And so we're not speaking as as experts, but we feel like God is an expert in relationship because he invented relationships. So uh, we're going to listen to what he has to say. Secondly, we're going to be speak sensitively. So if you're going through something, you know, maybe you came out of a relationship, we realize sometimes talking about relationships, especially if you just got out of a bad one or, you know, you're still struggling in your current relationship, uh, I will be sensitive about it. But I really feel like we can all take a step. Everybody say, Step. step. Like we can take a step today and, and get better at our relationship. So 2 Samuel chapter 6, some context about what's happening. Second uh, Samuel is found in the Old Testament. So if you don't know anything about your Bible, um, the, the, old, the Bible is broken up two sections, Old Testament, New Testament. Old Testament is kind of the first part of the Bible. And right in the middle-ish area is a, is a book called Second Samuel. It's really a historical book talking about the, um, the primarily the life of David. And so um, David has a moment where he's going to go pick up what they call the Ark, Ark of the Covenant mm-hmm. and bring it back to the city of David, which is Jerusalem at the time. So he was going to go get the Ark of the Covenant and bring it back. Well, as he's bringing it back, one of his guys, they're holding this big giant box. And one of the guys that is holding it, it starts to wobble. And he does what you and I would do. Yeah. He puts his hand on it to keep it from falling over. And the Bible says he falls down and dies. What well, freaks David out? Because he's like, man, that's crazy. Because imagine if you were going to some place and you said, I'm going to get that box. That looks really good. I'm bringing it to my house. And then some, one of your friends touches it and dies. You're like, you don't want that box in your house. <laughs> so you're like, that's crazy. So he actually gives it to someone else. The Bible says that guy was blessed because he had it. David gets envious, goes back and says, all right, we're going to get the ark and bring it back here. And we pick it up in chapter six as he's walking in victoriously in this parade mm-hmm. with the ark of the covenant. So second Samuel chapter 6 verse 16 says but as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David Michal that's a really fun way to say that's kind of Michal that's how they they said it y'all want to do that just be bible scholars in here today on the count three we'll say that one two three Michal yeah that's cool you guys are really 
smart. So Michal, and, um, and so the, this is the name of, of the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window, and when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. By the way, side note, most experts in marriage say that most marriages can get through anything except for contempt for your spouse. Mm. So like feeling like you, you have disdain for them, that's really hard to break through in your relationship. So avoid contempt. Verse 20, we'll skip ahead. This is when David returned home. This is it. All right. This is why I love the Bible, because the Bible gets real. Right. The Bible gets like this is like one of the best parts of the Bible for me, because it explains so much mm-hmm. about David and his his woman. He says, when David returned home to bless his own family, Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. And this is what she said. This is now, ladies, you got to get here. All right. This is the first. This is the marriage fight here. Okay. This is what they're having. And so she walks out. She says, in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today. You hear it? shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. And this is so then, guys, you and I respond in the most godly because David's the godly person in here. This is what he says in the godly way. Verse 21, he says, David retorted to Michal. He said, I was dancing before the Lord, who, by the way, chose me above your dad and all of his family. So, So you see it, right? You see it's a little shot. He's like... I'm important. Your dad's not even important. And then he appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. And he goes, and I know I did something you didn't like. Yes. And I'm willing to look even more foolish. So not only did I do something you didn't like, I'm going to do it again Mm -hmm. twice. Mm -hmm. Better than I did the first time. Even to be humiliated by my own eyes. And those servant girls you mentioned, indeed, they'll think I'm distinguished, even though you don't think I'm distinguished. And so Michal, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout the entirety of her life. So you see it, like the first, you can see these kind of fights, and some of y'all have these in relationships, so like Michal has sarcasm and passive aggressiveness. Now, nobody does that in here when you fight, where you say stuff that are like, like, oh, I can't, well, I'm glad you did that. I'm sure you did have a good time, didn't you, with your friends out there. I hope it was great. I hope it was great. That's kind of Mikhail's flow, you know. And then she insults him. She says something. Not, and not only that, she, like, uh, she, she, she says he's shameless and vulgar. She mm-hmm. compares him to vulgar people. You see, mm-hmm. you see it? And then David does what all guys do. We say, oh, you're going to be mean to me? I'm going to be mean to you. And so he not only insults her, but he insults her family. Yeah. Says, your daddy didn't, ins- didn't put me here. God put me here above your daddy and your family. He didn't even mention it. She says, your entire family is not even good enough. And then he does something like we all do, guys. I think we are guilty of this. He says something out of spite. He says, well, since you don't like it, I'm going to do it again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it better than I did it the first time <laughs> just because you don't like it. You feel, you feel the tension yeah. in the moment. And he's showing what I love about the Bible. is if you, if, Look, if you made up the Bible, let's say you were trying to fake out people with the Bible, you would never put stuff like this in here. You know what I mean? You would, you would only put the highlights of your life. Think about your life. If you're writing a story about your life, you would never put in the parts that people don't want to see. Right. That's the funny thing about social media is how unreal it is mm-hmm. because it's a gigantic anti-Bible like narrative. Like you, you only put in what's good. You ever did anybody has anybody ever live Facebook lived your fight with your spouse? No. <laughs> but you not. always talk about the good things. Bless, you know, I'm on a vacation right now, blessed. When right before you were yelling at them for not standing the right way to take the right picture, right? <laughs> but nobody puts that in. But that's the Bible. So with that as our backdrop, just kind of want to talk about how to how to how to deal with conflict. Uh, let's pray. Father, we love you, God, Lord. Today I pray that you'd speak to us. Help us to 
to take a step today. Help us to learn how to be better in our relationships, Father. We all have a step today in our families and our, our marriages and our relationships, whatever we're doing, God. Help us to take that step today in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 We had a funny story when we first got married. Um, I think it's a misunderstanding, but... I'm up here, so you get the correct story. Yeah, she wouldn't let me tell the story, so she's going to tell it. <laughs> so here's what happened. We got married, and um, it was within the first year or so of our marriage, and you know we're young and excited, and we get to put our house together however we want, right? When you're a kid, you're like, you got to do everything what your mama wants. And now it's my turn. I get to do it the way I want. So I set up the kitchen was the first place I set up, because the kitchen's important, right? It's a very used place by everybody. So I put the cups where I wanted and the bowls where I felt like they should go, put all my stuff away. But then I had to go back to work. So I go to work, working, and I come home, go to get me a drink, open up the cupboard, find me some bowls. And I was like, what happened? I look at him, I'm like, what happened? Because everything in the kitchen, once I started going through my cupboards, was not where I placed it. So when I look at him, I said, what happened? And he said... Well, I, I said, I did you a favor. I did it the right way. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Amidst and the first married fight. Guys, <laughs> you know what I'm really saying. I love you. <clears throat> You're amazing. That's one way we could have done the kitchen. Uh, and I fixed it for you. So um, that's what I told her. And that was our, that was our first fight. It really, we, I think we realized in the beginning, like, man, we are, we are, um, we are just going to be spicy people and so like sometimes like i know some of y'all like get married and you guys are like maybe you married somebody who's really kind really loving you know they don't they don't fight about anything nothing gets them you know upset and you know your life is one giant disney movie um <laughs> but that is not our life and uh she did not marry that person and i did not marry that person yeah. and so uh we decided like hey we're gonna we're gonna we just figured out real quickly we're not gonna not fight we gotta know and if we're if we're not gonna not fight like you need to know this like most relationships are gonna have a conflict you're gonna have something it's there's it's inevitable you're you're married to a sinner you're in a relationship with a sinner you have problems they have problems you have you know you don't have com commonality you have poor communication there's a bunch of reasons why you're gonna have conflict but we thought about like today is like what if we give you like the Ten Commandments mm -hmm. of fighting right, like Ten Commandments of fighting right. So if you're gonna fight, like we want to give you like the best ways to actually do it. Is that okay? Yeah. Like we want to like equip you of like, hey, like let's let's look at the Bible, see what God has to say about fighting right, because like we believe in fighting, like fighting's a good thing. Like this it's is good this for is you, this is honestly, powerful. Because some of y'all like I know some of us are like, well, we avoid it all at all costs, and then what happens is no counselor in the world says avoidance is good. Right. Because what happens is, is you'll pile on and pile on before you know it. Like only people can only take so much. Mm -hmm. So if you don't work something out, yeah. right, then you're, 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 you're going to eventually blow your top. So yeah. we don't want to do that. So we want to talk about how to fight, right? how, to, how to actually resolve conflict when it comes up. So we're going to give you the Ten Commandments of fighting right. Number one. Number one, thou shalt choose battles wisely. <laughs> this is so important. Second Timothy says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. I think that this is so unbelievably important because it can be so easy to come in and just fight about everything. And honestly, that takes so much energy, mental energy, emotional energy, and it takes away from you getting to be who God really wanted you to be for yourself and for your spouse and for the people around you. I think one of the good questions you can ask yourself when you're about to get into a fight is this, I know it sounds simple, this might be deep today, deep thoughts with Pastor Aaron, um, is this worth fighting for? Mm -hmm. um, because I know like for me, I take offense to everything. Like anybody else, like <laughs> super highly, like 
anybody just by show of hand, can I get one person? Okay, good. I got one person who's like me. Um, like, I want to fight about everything because I'm like, in my mind, like, we got to settle this. Like, we got to settle this. We got to deal with this. I don't, I, we need to deal with the fact that there's, you know, an empty ketchup carton inside the fridge and she had nothing to do with it, but it's her fault, right? Like, I have to, we have to figure this out. Some things are really not not worth fighting over, yeah. and um, I would say oftentimes most things probably aren't. Sometimes it's just your pride that got hurt. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got offended. Sometimes there's something wrong. So I think sometimes one of the best things you can do is um, choose the proper setting mm-hmm. um, when you're. So so if you're gonna fight, just just a thought. If you're gonna fight, choosing the proper setting, and we call it the setting is this three things. Okay, three. This is a proper setting. It's how you know the the right person, the right place, and the right time. Mm-hmm. So number one, you could be in charge or in charge. You'd be mad with somebody like you. Something you're you're mad about something. You're fighting about something, but it has nothing to do with your spouse. Mm. So like, there's been times where like I'm like mad and I'm having a fight with my wife, and it literally it had nothing to do with her. So I'm fighting with her with the person that has nothing. To, she can't help it. She can't fix it. She can't make it better. But I'm fighting with her about it. How many of y'all have ever had that conversation, right? So you're like, okay, I have to write. I'm gonna the right person. Then I want to have the right place. So like, there's a real big deal. Like uh, one of the biggest things that I really get personally offended at, or that I think is really just unhealthy for a relationship, is when you see a man belittling his wife in mm-hmm. public. Like they're having an argument right in front of everyone else, or or you know I know you you mentioned like even a lady, yeah, a lady know. who steps in and she's being disrespectful, dishonoring to her husband. Yeah, it's just ugly. Yeah, and no, it it doesn't like it, you, no one looks at you and goes, yeah, man, that that's a guy who's got his family under control. Actually, what they look at you like is they go, you you have control issues. Mm-hmm. Like they think you're the one who has the problems, even though you might be right about the situation, how you handle it, the place is the wrong, it's the wrong place. And then I think the wrong, the right time, like timing yeah. is everything. Me and my wife, we go to, um, we go to dinners with, um, uh, pe- you know, people in the church and, you know, we're just connecting with different people. And oftentimes like we have a rule. So we have a rule about that particular. We got time. through a couple of fights and had to set this rule, realizing that it's just not healthy. So everybody has finances. You talk about finances in your marriage. A lot of the times we fight about our finances. And one of the things that we had to establish was ground rules of knowing this is the time and place that we will talk about this, not on the way to dinner, not on the way to a birthday party. That's just not the right space and time. Yeah, because we've shown up to places like mad. Like, like I just got, I just got no fight with my wife, so I'm sorry. I'm a human. Like, hey, pastor, how's it going? I'm like terrible. Well, how are you? You know, like sorry. So like we just learned, right? Like yeah. we just learned from a long period. He'll of, try. He'll try sometimes to start talking about I it. I still do. I, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, mm, no. I'm like, hey, babe, let's walk through our budget while we're driving. She's like, no, no thank you. We won't. And I'm like, oh no, yeah, you. okay, that's good. That's a good call. We just, thou shalt not battle like that. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, number two. Uh, thou shalt not bring up the past. First uh, Corinthians chapter thirteen. So when you're fighting, um, one of the biggest temptations for all of us is to bring up everything that you've ever been offended by by your mm-hmm. spouse. And so First Corinthians chapter thirteen says it's not. It is not rude. It's talking about love. Love is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no account of wrongs. And it's. I think it's so easy to bring up the past. But I think a positive thing is just choose to have positive thinking about. Choose to have future positive. Th- she's so good at this with me. Where she'll she'll. If I'm doing something dumb in the moment where I'm not acting like a man of God, I think I've shared this before, she'll she'll call me that. She'll be like, you're going to be a man of God in the future. And I'm like, I don't want to be. I, maybe in the future, but right now, I just want to be a man. Like, let me just be a man. Like, And she'll speak to be the future version of me and not bring up the past because, man, no one wants to be cross-examined with a mountain of your wrongs. Right. You know? I think so. something that's very helpful, a filter I've learned, is taking that verse, right? So 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy. If you take out love and insert your name, then read it. Erica is loving. Erica is kind. 
Am I? Am I being that in this moment? Because if I'm not, I need to check myself. Because I can't fix him, he can't fix me. I'm only in charge of me right now. So that's a really good filter and tool to use when you are working through conflict. I was trying to fix you. But I know. It's not working. It doesn't work. <laughs> Number three, uh, thou shalt be peaceful. Everybody say peaceful. Peaceful. Um, I, I noticed that the Bible has a lot to say about peace, especially with others. And um, there been so much of the peacefulness of our life is dependent on what we do. And the reason you, that the, the Bible talks about that is because, there, isn't it funny how easy it is to be in a quarrel with someone? Like to be mad at someone? Like, mm-hmm. to, be in a, like to have an enemy? Like mm-hmm. it's easy to have an enemy nowadays. So just notice. Like just post something wrong on Facebook. <laughs> You'll get an enemy quick. Yeah. Like, you know, like it, it, there's so, it's, it's a weird world we live in right now. But like um, the Bible says in Hebrews 12, like pursue peace. Mm-hmm. Like with all people. Your, your spouse, the person in your relationship is a person. Mm-hmm. That they are all people. Yep. So like you need to pursue, which is an active, peace is an active pursuit of, of something. Like you have to pursue, you have to do something and be active in pursuing peace with all people and holiness with, without which no one will see the Lord. Like you need to know, like there is a, there is a, there's, it's, it is linked on them seeing God through your ability to be peaceful. Right. Yeah. And so if you want them to see God, you know, like see the best version of you, 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 you got to sell out to being peaceful. And so here's what I noticed about conflict, like my wife and I, especially cause you know, we, we're fiery people. Um, conflict tends to escalate. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, have you ever noticed, like, when you get into a situation, it doesn't de-escalate? It doesn't, like, get nicer and kinder <laughs> and sweeter and gentler? Actually, it starts with here, and then it gets to here, and then you, before you know it, you're at you're each other's... stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But, but, like, because conflict tends to escalate, you need to... Here's a key. Uh, start low. Yeah. So just start low. Start with, like, a... Um, like, just... Okay, start low in your... How, how do you do that? How, how, do, how do you start low in, in, a, in a conflict situation? Um, you can premeditate the conversation, um, not in a sense of where you're trying to like determine what he's going to say, but just in a sense of like how you're feeling in the moment and what it is that you want to communicate in the conversation. Um, a big one is you got to check your tone and pitch. This one's big. And I think a lot of ladies can feel that knowing it's not what you said, it's how you said it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, because like the truth is, is like how you say something to your to your significant other, especially I think you know with 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 ladies, you know, and you mentioned this that the filter that you guys see things through in so many ways is emotional, mm-hmm. um, and we we see you know guys we probably see a little more um, more logical, a little mm-hmm. more straightforward, and and relationships aren't built on ones and zeros. Yeah, it's not a formula, it's not a science. Relationships are art. Yeah. And so sometimes there's the moment where you're going to have to look at her and see, hear what she's not saying. Mm-hmm. And he, you hear what he's not saying. Yeah. And, and I think um, tone and pitch allow you to do that in a healthy manner. Because if you come at him sideways, like my wife just don't take no crap. So it's like, you know, it's like she, if you come at her side, if I come at her in a wrong angle, you know, I could be right in the situation, but she, she, she didn't hear that. She heard, you know. How you said it came at me, right? And like, so I think also seeking to understand is super vital. Learning how to ask questions rather than um, putting on them what you think they did. Accusatory language is not helpful. So when you choose to seek to understand asking questions, it invites in conversation. Body language is another way to start low. Um, so I, I, I think this is important in the world of social media, phones, smartphones, and all that. Um, so if my wife is talking to me and I'm on this... Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm listening. No, I promise I'm listening. What? 
<laughs> yeah, like body language matters. When you walk out of the room, when you're not looking, this yeah. is a huge deal. Like I'm telling, like in the world that we've really lost the art of eye contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a day when, when you talk to someone, you actually had to look at them yeah. in their eyes and stare yeah. at them yeah. where they can see your soul. She has eyes that look into my soul and I'm like, I can't. I don't want to look at you, you know. So I have to really force that. But I think being able to your body language matters. Are you attentive? Are you looking at her? Are you looking at him? Are you are you present in the moment? Mm-hmm. Um, those are all things that keep things peaceful. Because I know one thing that sends my peace right out the window is if I feel like my wife's not paying attention to me about something that really bothers me. Right. I think one more thing I want to say too is learning how to listen. You have to l- stop your thoughts of your rebuttal. He's talking. Like active listening. Active right? listening, right? Yeah. Like, you're not going to sit here while he's talking thinking about, well, I'm going to tell him this. And I, No, I'm going to turn that off, and I'm just going to listen to what he's actually saying to me. I wanna, here's, it, sounds, it sounds like so elementary, but it's, it's, it's critical. I think it's really good. Is um, saying something like, so like, let's say my wife says something you know, about you know, my personality you know, or something. So uh, um, if she brings something up, my first thing back to her is really important. Right. Mm-hmm. It defines whether or not I hurt her. It defines whether or not I care. It defines mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. So me being able to say something like, um, what I hear you saying, like, okay, honey, like, so what I hear you saying is, like, I have a big mouth and I need to learn to be quiet. <laughs> is that what you said? Like, I want to make right. sure I understand what you, you see what I'm saying? Like, that's different than me saying something like, well, you know what? You talk too much too, you know? Like, well, <laughs> You see, see the difference? Like, you want to be able to, like, pursue peace in every piece of the, of the word. All right, number four. Um, thou shalt not pile on. Mm-hmm. Thou shalt not pile on. Um, what do you think about that, babe? That one's really important. Again, I think in the realm of when we function as um, females, we can often go into that space of being um, emotional, and we will pull back into the moment we're having all the other stuff that we've been feeling. Um, or things that we think pertain to it, and we just dump it on them, thinking that's going to fix it, when in reality, it just makes it so much harder to have good conversation and resolve. Yeah. Um, you can't work on five things at a time. By the way, there is no such thing as multitasking. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like a big thing, like, you can do it all. No, you can't. You can't. Hmm. I'm sorry. I cannot be on my phone and be engaged with my wife. Mm-hmm. You can't. I, I cannot pretend like my mind can do two things at once. It cannot. Yeah. And in the world where like we watch TV, like our smart TV running Netflix while playing a game on an iPhone while writing out something on my computer yeah. while eating a sandwich. <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all see, it's like, it's crept into our world. And here's what's funny. You think you're doing four things at once. You're not. Yeah. You're doing four different things one time, thing at a time. Yeah. And that's different than doing them all the same. You're not, there's no such thing as multitasking. So like your ability to talk about five things and solve the solutions of five things at one time yeah. is not real. Yeah. And in our minds, guys, we're like, well, let me get to the root of it. Let me just deal with what the whole reason this whole thing is. I figured this whole thing out. Y'all have already fast forwarded to the moment. No, 
like just deal with, you can, we talk about like this, you can fix a issue or you can fix the issue. And oftentimes if you're in the heat of battle, fixing a issue is that moment. And then when things are less volatile, uh-huh. when they're not as mad, when you're not as mad, you can, t- hey, let's talk about a time where we can talk about the issue. Yeah. So, you know, there might be like, hey, you're late all the time. That's the issue. But you, you were late to pick up the kids. That's a issue. You see the difference? Yeah. So let's talk about the fact that you missed the kids. Why did you miss the kids pick up? And they're sitting out there like they didn't have no family and now we're all embarrassed. Okay. 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 Good. Okay. I just want to double check. Okay. So like, let me, let me just have that. That's different than the issue of like, hey, let's talk about your time management skills. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yep. And when you try to combine those too man i'm telling you sometimes it gets it don't get good yeah if you're a competitive person a lot of the times when you get into your fights with your spouse you want to win you want to have your side heard you want to be understood and you want to win and i think what can help is if you're able to shift that thinking from winning to both agreeing that you want resolution because that's so much more life-giving to the situation to your marriage to your spouse and to yourself and winning is resolution Resolution is winning. Um, marriage is built on, on compromise and finding the common ground, which all that means is you're going to have to die to yourself daily to something. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to get your way in everything. You're not if, in the marriage alone. Yeah, if you want that, stay single. Mm. You can get all your way every time. <laughs> That's your solution. Yep. Number five, Number five, thou shalt define the issue clearly. Yeah. This is a big one because I feel like we assume or we expect the, the spouse to just know what I mean. You better read my mind and know how I'm feeling. If, you, if, if I don't have to tell you, you should just know it. And that's just not... You should just know. You should just... <clears throat> that's not okay. They can't do that. I wouldn't want him to put me in that position because it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. <clears throat> I always say if it's not clear to you, it's not clear to them. Mm-hmm. So if you can't summarize the statement in like, or the problem in like one statement or one sentence, it's probably not as clear as you think it is. Mm-hmm. So like if you're foggy on it a little bit, it's a complete mess to them. So like I know some people will get into a fight. And I, shoot, we've done this a lot. Like we get into a fight. We're fighting. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm mad about, but I'm fighting with you. But I'm mad. You know, I'm mad. And she's like, well, what, okay. do you, what happened? What's wrong? I, I don't know. I don't know. Our counselor does a really great job at helping provide questions to get us to that space, right? So, like, we'll be in a moment of counseling, and he will be upset about something, sharing what he's mad about, and then our counselor will ask him, what do you want from her? And that's such a good filtering question to have in the wrong. moment. I just want her to be wrong. Yeah, do you want her to pay? Do you want her to repent? Do you want her to fix it? What do you want from her? What do you want from him? Yeah, you have just, to be able to define it clearly. Yeah. How, a couple ways how to define. Um, these are just like mini points. Um, define why it bothers you. So mm-hmm. you need to know why it bothers you. What is it that actually bothers you? Was it what he said? Was it how he said it? Was it the thing that it came from? Was, was it, it when he said it? When he said it? Was it in front of people? Like what really bothered you about it? Um, define define the intensity. Um, like so it, this is really important when you're trying to figure out like how mad are you really at this? Right. Because it really help you determine whether or not you want to fight about it. Because sometimes you feel like you're really mad about it, and you really think about it, and you're like, just taking a pause to figure out, mm-hmm. am I really this mad? Yeah. Like, am I really that mad? <laughs> no, I really don't care. I mean, I prefer not do that, but uh, I'm yeah. not really that mad. And then I think the last one would be um, define the expected outcome. And that's mm-hmm. what my wife was talking about. It's like the, the counselor being able to kind of, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Like, just define what you want. Do you do you, what 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 is it? What's the end game here? And sometimes we'll just fight just because that's the cycle that you've built in your life or mm-hmm. your marriage or your family, and you just fight because that's what you know what to do. But if you fight for an outcome, a reasonable expected outcome, sometimes you can solve those things a lot easier. Yeah. So, Number six, 
Thou shalt avoid never and always. This is a big one in our house. We don't live in absolutes because they're just not true. Um, I work through a lot of this, not only in my marriage, but in um, the boys when they have moments of conflict because kids, right, will come out. Children, we have five boys. We have five boys and they, it's a lot of testosterone up in my house. And so like, there's a lot of, he's always hitting me. He took that from me. He never shares. And it's like, no, that's not the case. We need to remember that sometimes they do. Right now in this moment, it feels like. So that's very helpful to have no absolutes. Yeah, using always and never, um, well, it's inaccurate at its best. Um, It's insulting at its worst. Mm -hmm. And when you say always and never, um, you put people on the defense. And Mm -hmm. here's what, here's what, here's, you know what defensive people are really good at? You know what they're really, really, really good at? Defending Defending themselves. Mm -hmm. So don't put them on the defense. So they don't, don't accuse them of things, don't say, and the biggest accusatory words in the world is never and always. Mm-hmm. You never tell me you love me. Well, I'm always the one who has to pick up the kids. Well, I'm always the one who always starts to say I love you first, and you never say I love you first, and I don't want you to say me I love you. Do you really love me? I don't even know if you really believe that. And by the way, your mom is crazy. You know, like, <laughs> we say stuff like that all the time. So, just, just, Learn to speak to who they could be, right? You're speaking to yeah. the future person of who they are. Um, you're speaking life about them. And then speak about how it made you feel. Yeah. So um, the thou shalt, number seven, thou shalt not yell. Thou shalt not yell. Proverbs 29, 11 says, a fool gives full <laughs> vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Um, yelling is a form of control. Just so that we're all clear. Like, no, I come from a family that yells. Well, that's fine, but still a form of control. Because when you assert your dominance through your, the elevation of your voice, what you're trying to do is assert a level of, if I get loud enough, then my point and my position is going to get across mm-hmm. clearer to you. Mm-hmm. And you won't ever have anything to say about it because I'm louder than you. And, and because I'm louder than you, then I'm more important. And my, my reason is better. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you say stuff like that, um, it's, it's, a, um, it's a control tactic. And so yelling, I don't care if you came from a family of yellers, you need to learn. Remember, start low. Be careful with your, 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 the volume of your, of your, I'm just telling, it's huge when, yeah. when you're in a conflict. And that's really something you just have to understand about yourself. We have that in our home, right? Like, um, he has moments where he can raise his voice very easily. Um, I didn't come from a family like that, but it does go into our family because it's led that way. And so we're working on making that better. We want that better for ourselves and for our children. So that's something I think that we work on. Number eight is thou shalt not call names. So if the yelling is something he struggles with, this is something I struggle with. And I think it's because I'm a little spicy and I feel like sometimes I have the right, but in reality, I don't. Proverbs 12 says, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And I have to ask myself, what is it I really want for my husband? Because I want to speak life over him and to him. And if I choose to call him names, that's not doing that. I'm not, I'm not accomplishing what I know I want for him. Yeah, seven and eight are linked because, you know, what's funny about like yelling and, and, and name calling is um, it, it's hard to communicate love with those things. Yeah. So like, you know, you can't, you can't say like, you can't be humble and yell at the same time. It's really hard. Yeah. You ever notice that? So like, you can't you be, be like, lovingly telling them they're a jerk. Yeah, like, I'm really humble right now. Yeah, it doesn't work. I'm being humble to you. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. <laughs> it's weird. You, 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 can't, you can't do that. Some things don't mix. 
And and so name calling is is a little bit like that, mm-hmm. like where you're you're trying to say you're trying to be loving, but at the same time tear them down. That's that doesn't work like that. Uh, here's a theological concept on that. The New Testament primarily, um, from the beginning of the end, uh, from beginning with the Gospels of the life of Jesus all the way to the Revelations, is you, you'll see that it's it's a gigantic reworking and rewiring of your name and identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the life of Jesus is Jesus coming into a world of sinners and creating a moment where those sinners can actually become in relationship with him. So you move from sinner to saint, not because of what you did, but because of what he did. Right. You, see, you see that identity change? And when you and I name call, you're trying to rob them of their divine identity. Yeah. So, good. so here's what's funny. You can't even label you. Yeah. You're like, no, I know who I am. Like, I, I'm telling you who I am. I tell people who I am. Not necess- not really, not yeah. under the Bible. Under the Bible, God tells you who you are. Right. God, God made you, but God can make you better than who you think you are. Mm-hmm. And so because you're di- you have a divine identity, anytime I speak and I call you a name, what I'm saying is, is you're not really what God called you to be. Mm-hmm. You're not who God called you, and that's not good. Yeah. So I don't want to be in the crosshairs of God. I'm, gonna be like, I don't, I'm, not like, I'm not like trying to be in odds with, you know what I'm saying? Like God called my wife. So, so be careful when we speak that. So speaking life is important. You know, I, we talked about this, like speak to who they could be. My wife's so good. She's a man of God. Like when we're in a fight, her secret weapon, she calls me a man of God. <laughs> and I'm like. It works. Honestly, too, there's times where, you know, there's like, going to be conflict that are, it's not getting resolved. And I have a choice to make. I can choose to keep pushing forward or I can surrender. And in my surrender, I actually take myself away and I pray. And I simply pray this prayer, ladies. I say, you talk to him. He's your son. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, an hour later, he'll come back up to me and stop praying. God's talking to me. And I'm like, oh. It's not oh, sneaky. There you go. And it works. That's a secret weapon. <laughs> Number nine. Thou shalt not threaten separation. Leviticus 25 says, do not take advantage of each other, but fear your God. This one is really important. I think sometimes that in our marriage, we can tear each other down without even realizing it through manipulation. We struggled with this a little bit. I struggled with it at the very beginning of our marriage. And it was, I was never like, I'm going to divorce you. But it was always a sense of like, I don't have to put up with this. So like, what did that plant in his mind that I was going to leave if he didn't get himself right, which wasn't right? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Threatening separation is a form of manipulation, and manipulation is not love. It's it's a it's a fear tactic, mm-hmm. you know. And and I don't know of any good relationship built on fear, you know. Like, hey, if you do this, I'll built on ultimatums, you know. Yeah. Like, or hold. I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna withhold love from you mm-hmm. until you do X, Y, and Z. Right. Um. It's it's all manipulation, and that's not love. So I think you just gotta be careful. Don't take advantage of each other. Like that's a. This is a blessing. It's a blessing. Yeah. Okay. If you're if you're in a relationship. Right now, we just grab their hand. Just, just grab their hand. Just, just, just for, just, you know, come on. Just, just appease me for just a second. So, if you're in a relationship, um, like the person hand you're holding, like they've been, they were a gift to you. Amen. They're your gift. They're, they're your gift. And, and the last thing you want to do is take advantage of the gift that God gave you. Um, and, and we do that by saying, if you, if you, be, you better not, because I'll, I'll mm-hmm. walk out. I'll walk out right now. Yeah, one of the things we established at the very beginning through counseling was that we were going to completely take that off the table. Separation, divorce, all that was just not an option. We were going to stay together till the wheels fall off. And the other thing that our pastor gave us as a tool to use in a mantra, and we say it all the time, we use it all the time, is united, we're undefeated. What God put together, we will not tear apart. Even when we're fighting, when we have the hardest moments, we can look at each other and know, this is what I've chosen. This is the person I've chosen to do life with. And we are choosing to be united. You have to choose it. It's good, baby.
The last one is this uh, uh, commandment 10. Thou shalt uh, apply grace. Apply grace. Colossians 4 says, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that, may, that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Um, here's what I've realized about all relationships. We need grace. You need mm-hmm. grace. You need, gra- you need a bucket of grace. Mm-hmm. And if you need a bucket of grace, the best thing you can do is sow that into your spouse. And so if you have a moment to be graceful and say, man, I didn't believe, believe the best in them. Mm-hmm. You know, believe the best in that person. Believe in the best in the people that God puts you around. Like, man, if they had a bad day, you know, sometimes we, we make things like everything, right? You know, it's like, wow, you know, they were mean to you that day. Then they're just a mean person. No, they just, they just had a bad day. Yeah. I mean, can we all just be graceful with each other? Like, we're all working through this thing called life in a really, really odd time. You are living in a unprecedented times. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I want a little boring, you know? Like, it'd be nice to have just the same old. Anybody? Like, you remember that? Like, when life was okay and not normal and there wasn't a global pandemic and war happening in Europe? And, like, could you, yeah. like, think about all the stuff that's happening right now. People are all struggling. Yeah. We just all need to be graceful. Like, let's just, I'm going to give you, I'm going to be quick to forgive, quick to apologize, yeah. quick to let it go. You didn't mean that. I'm fighting for you and who I think you are mm-hmm. in the end. And I think when we do that, I think God can really be honored in that. Amen? Yeah. Amen. That's my hope. That's our prayer for you today. That's our kind of Ten Commandments of fighting right. That's right.